Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. He's got reason to laugh and smile. It went all his way last night. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Everybody on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including Dr. Myron Roll, who will join us in just about 10 minutes or so. He was a college football stud, played in the NFL, and as the... Uh, the designation tells you he's a doctor. So who better to talk about COVID-19 in the NFL than a guy that played in the NFL and is a doctor. Unique insight coming here in nine minutes. George Sedano from L.A., our ESPN NBA insider on what L.A. is feeling with Keys Lakers rolling. Guys, quick thoughts, and then we want to have a little surprise here for Jay. Key, what do you think? Well, the first, the first eight minutes of the game, to be honest with you, I was sitting here. And, you know, I kept looking at my phone. I'm like, I'm like, uh, I'm just waiting on somebody on the little group text to say something real smart ass like. And I'm like, hmm, OK. So then I got I started feeling better as that lead started at 13 points, started kind of go away. Then I started feeling real good. And at that point, I felt like, oh, OK, well, now I get to talk that stuff. And then I started thinking about Jason Williams and what I was going to put him in. And that's kind of in visual, you know, visualize and say, OK, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get my jersey. He's always wanted a jersey with some cards on it when he was little with my signature. So I'm going to make sure I go home, put it together, laid it out last it's night. not true. Laid it out last night. This is made not sure true. I didn't forget it this morning. I feel like I'm at a presidential debate. This is not true. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> you, get, you don't get two minutes. You got to fill the whole two minutes. Up. But the thing is, they made a bet game one. Jay, of course, on the NBA Countdown crew. We'll see him again Friday with the crew for game number two. Jay had predicted uh, that the Heat were going to win. And Key obviously took that bet being a Laker fan. And as a result of losing the bet, if you're watching this morning on ESPN News, if you're listening this morning on ESPN Radio, he is wearing Key's Pac-12 all-century jersey with a couple of football cards affixed to the shoulder pad with Keyshawn's name, Johnson, on the back. So if you thought that was embarrassing enough, hey, listen, this is just the radio. Earlier this morning, Jay walked over to about 200 feet from here to talk to Mike Greenberg and the gang for Get Up, our morning show on ESPN. He walked in with that jersey, dressed for success, and here's Greeny's response. Greeny here. Jay Will has come across the hall wearing all Keyshawn Johnson's clothes for no obvious reason. Uh, but he is here to help us take a look back at what happened in Game 1 of the NBA Finals last night. <laughs> See, he didn't even provide context. That's, that's the worst part. So now I have people like, oh, you just, you just wear Keyshawn's jersey just for no reason? And I'm like, no. It's not how it happened. You're a fanboy. Hey, you're the worst <laughs> you're a, person. You're a fanboy. And the thing is, see, this is what happens when we have to talk for four hours. If you actually listen to what we say, right. you get a chance to know. I, I hate wearing other people's jerseys. I hate it. Like I don't, I don't like guys when I go to the bar and they're, they're wearing the jerseys with no sleeves on. I'm like, no, I'm <laughs> never, never going to be that guy. And here I am. Wearing this grown man's jersey. And yeah, it's that guy. And just a reminder, Greeny, come on, bro. You can listen to our show. We, Get Up wasn't on when, when this happened. He should be tuning in every weekday morning. I know he's got a lot of stuff going on. He but just that jumped was right to the highlights. I'm like, wait, but wait. I want to explain why I'm wearing it. <laughs> For no apparent reason, right? Jay's there. Clearly there was a reason. Well, he explained, and, and Jay's explained very well. And you look good in that, though. I. And, not as and, good as you in that UCLA jersey, though. That, no, that it's not the same. No, it's not the same because I don't have a problem wearing another man's jersey. You have a problem wearing UCLA jersey, though. UCLA jersey good. is just like whatever, but you gave me Kevin Love, so it's kind of like even more whatever. But you have a problem <laughs> wearing a grown man's jersey, in particular one that you watched grow up and you sat there at MetLife at the gate trying to get the autograph. I get it. I'm I, scratching I get it. for no reason. You know, you scratch 
It's for no reason. That's how I feel right now. And not now. to mention, it wasn't even skinny Kevin Love. It was the old school Kevin Love. We're asking <laughs> Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Nation, who's more important right now for the Lakers? Big question. We've been talking about it all morning. I'm sure all NBA fans will be too. LeBron James or Anthony Davis? 56% of you so far have said the king, including at It's Not Forens, just hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed and said, AD, quote, AD will score more points, but LeBron drives the whole bus. It's a pretty good argument. We want to hear from you. Our Twitter feed is at Key J and with the word and and Z Key J and Z hit us up. We would love to get your thoughts and possibly mention it on national television and national radio. Keep it coming. We're going to talk a little NFL now. Every week at this time, we take our pick among the best NFL quarterback matchups and who the guys think will come out. On top, week four is upon us. So, real quick, how'd the fellas do in week three? That's a dollar. So that was last week, just with Key, and we should mention he was like the Lakers. He had four in a row there. He was looking for the sweep yeah, off yeah. the top, and then he went a little Jared Goff. Yeah, a good Jared, game, Jared, but not Jared, a good. Jared Goff got me. They though. almost See? came back though. But that's they what I came back. That's what I knew I should have took Josh Allen. <laughs> if you're out there, Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky would have taken Josh. Yeah, Allen. he's his MVP. Let's do week four. Uh, we heard Dak there just last week going up against Russell Wilson. Key, Mayfield, Prescott this week. Dak Prescott. I think Baker Mayfield still plays great. I think he still gets into a rhythm in Kevin Stefanski's offense. But at the end, Dak Prescott needs a win. And he can't go down at home against the Cleveland Browns. This team needs a win. They need to pull, start to pull away in the NFC East if they plan on making a run in the playoffs. And it starts this Sunday. I'm going to go with Baker on this one. Mm. Just to play devil's advocate with Key. I Still really concerned about the Cowboys' secondary. I, I know that the Cowboys have a ton of offensive options, but their secondary is not good. And I think with the way that the Browns can run the ball with their play action, with Kevin Stefanski, what they've done, I think Baker Mayfield can take, take advantage of that That's secondary. That's a good point. Dallas banged up in the secondary. Kyler Murray, Teddy Bridgewater, Cardinals, Ugh. and the Panthers. <laughs> I mean, you already know where I'm going with this, man. Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> no, 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 Are you no, going with the cute no, quarterback? I'm going, I'm, going, I'm going with the Carolina Panthers. I'm going with the Cardinals and okay. Kyler Murray. I think when you look at taking Christian McCaffrey out of that offense, it does something to the Carolina Panthers. They have all their weapons in Arizona. Although Arizona's traveling to Carolina, I just don't see where Carolina can get out of their own way without Christian McCaffrey in the lineup. That's a cute pick. That's cute. I mean, I would say, yeah, Christian McCaffrey not being there. Obviously their number one option uh, for Teddy and that one, I, I, I would go with, I think the Cardinals are going to bounce off that horrible loss they had to the Detroit Lions. Unbelievable. The Lions had come in losing 11 in a row. Mahomes and Cam. Ooh. This is a tough one. You know, it, it's a tough Ooh. one for me, but I, I picked against Kansas City last week in Baltimore, and they went out there and destroyed Baltimore. I don't think that they're going to destroy the New England Patriots. And I think Cam Newton wants to prove even more that he's back against the Patrick Mahomes to the rest of the NFL. This is going to be a really good game. I think when you look at what Bill Belichick and that defense wants to try and dial up against that explosive offense in in Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and, and Hilaire at the running back spot and Kelsey at the tight end, you look at it and you say to yourself, this should be an easy win in Arrowhead. The problem is, there's not 70,000 fans screaming in Arrowhead. There'll only be about 16,000, so there's no real advantage there, and I think Cam wants to get it done. Oh, what does Vegas know? KC, minus seven in this game. I'm, I, it, it's always hard, and I know Cam has been playing extremely well. I know that they are becoming people's picks to be one of the best surprise teams in the NFL. 
just hard for me to go against Patrick Mahomes and all the options that they have. I mean, I go back to the shuffle pass to Anthony Sherman. I mean, Anthony Sherman, the fullback, is actually catching a touchdown. It's just it's too many options. I think Patrick Mahomes will be the pick. Sunday Night Football, Wentz, Jimmy G. Mullins, remember, started last week. Shanahan still monitoring the progress of Jimmy G. Likely to go, obviously, if healthy. What'd you say? I'm sorry. I'm going to be a J-O-V on the sidebar. No worries. <laughs> if you're an Eagles fan, you weren't paying attention either because this series uh, season might be over. Wentz, Jimmy G., if Jimmy G's healthy with Mullins having started last week? Uh, Carson Wentz. Okay, go, on the I'm, road. Okay. I, 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 think, I, think, I think so. When you look at... San Francisco, they obviously took care of the Giants in a, in a different type of way. But here's what I would say. Carson Wentz has some ability, and he knows that that clock is ticking on him right now. The fans are going crazy in Philadelphia. What a surprise, right? He <laughs> needs to start to get going. Jimmy G, if he's in the lineup, he's coming off injury. If not, San Francisco, the Giants are just such a poor football team. And I don't think that the Eagles are so poor, that even going on the road, that they can get shellacked by a beat-up San Francisco 49er team like the Giants did, Jay? There's no need for that last comment. <laughs> I, I understand. I, I mean, there's no you. need Let's to reference. Throw in there's, no, there's, no t- there's no need to reference my team in order to build up another team in the same division. But I see what you're doing. I understand. Um, is it a, is, do we know for a lock that Jimmy G is going to play? We don't know for sure. All Shanahan has said is the obvious, which is if Jimmy G is healthy, there's no chance Mullins start. Thanks for that. But that's exactly what he said. That's all he's saying at the moment. Okay, look, I, I, I want Carson Wentz to be successful, even though that the, the uh, body of work hasn't proven that he will be. I hope he can find a way to get out of his funk, because if not, I'm going to come back in here on Monday and talk about how Jalen Hurts needs to continue to have a spot on that team. We'll see. Last couple. Let's run through them. Josh Allen, Derek Carr. Oof. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Derek Carr in this one. You gonna go against Derek, Josh I think, Allen again? I think, I think two Derek weeks Carr, in a row. I think Derek Carr at home. Although there's no fans in the stadium, right. you're at home. That that it just feels a little bit different. I like Buffalo. I like what they're doing, but something tells me that embarrassing loss to the New England Patriots. They're gonna try to redeem themselves at home. That is the Raiders and John Gruden. I'm going with Josh Allen. Starting to become a believer in what Dan Orlovsky has said. I know Keyshawn. You know, berates him all the time, tells him he doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to Josh Allen. Uh, but the way Josh Allen is playing, uh, he is in the MVP conversation. Derek Carr is good, but I think Josh Allen is taking his team to a different level this year. Lastly, the mustache, Gardner Minshew <laughs> against the man, Joe Burrow. Ooh, that's an ugly matchup. Yeah, that's not cute. Jacksonville, right? how is this not the Thursday night game? No, <laughs> because the Jets are playing on Thursday night. That's why. Cincinnati, Cincinnati finally gets a W. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, and Joe Burrow continue to keep playing that rookie of the year type performances that he's had in his first three NFL games. Things are slowing down for him at the quarterback spot. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm going with Joe Burrow. I just have a message to the offensive line for the Bengals. Just protect your quarterback, please. He is the foundation of your future. Just protect him. It seems like he gets hit every other down. Minchu, Hachu. Gesundheit. Last one. Extra. It's our fifth down. Tannehill, Roethlisberger, for obvious reasons. We're not going to mention that because obviously you kind of know what's going on with the Titans and the Steelers. If you don't exactly know what's going on, we'll have that for you. But we're going to go from A to Z and then we're going to get into Myron Roll, who will tell us exactly why Tannehill and Roethlisberger are off the board for them, too. That is coming up in A to Z in just a little bit. 
big, big story in the NFL, dominating even all the games that are going to be played, the one that isn't. Let's talk a little more football with the Doc in just seconds. Steelers-Titans this Sunday has been postponed to either Monday or Tuesday. If there's further outbreak on the Titans, then it's entirely possible this game has to be rescheduled again or canceled entirely or forfeited. So that's the situation with the Steelers and the Titans, scheduled for 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday at LP Field in Nashville. That's not going to happen. Adam Schefter, the NFL's best insider, was here saying they're trying to get this thing going on Monday if possible. Of course, there's another Monday night game between Atlanta and Green Bay on ESPN. They'll have to work out the logistics there, where it'll be televised. Maybe it's on Tuesday with no competition. Keyshawn even throwing out the point if the test results come back. Maybe the game is postponed much longer than that. So let's get a little perspective here from Dr. Myron Roll. Dr. Roll. I remember him when he was just Myron Roll, stud at Florida State, great player, Rhodes Scholar, as smart as they come, played in the NFL and took that intelligence to become a neurosurgery resident at Massachusetts General Hospital. And Dr. Roll, with his football and his medical background, join us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Dr. Roll, first thing, take us inside your expertise, having been on both sides of this, the football, the medical aspect, and what you think about this game being halted after an outbreak in Nashville. Well, first, thanks for having me on again. Uh, I think it's uh, the right decision, certainly. I've always been skeptical of the NFL starting the season amid the pandemic that is not truly controlled. 200,000 people dead, um, millions more infected, uh, community disrupted. COVID-19 has permeated all disciplines of our life, right, from education and clusters of infections happening in college campuses to businesses to our hospital. I was on call last night, had a patient with a neurosurgical disease, but also was COVID positive. And so, you know, it's happening all the time. It's real. And so now it's permeating into sports. And it doesn't surprise me that it's permeating into football, a sport that really hasn't had a true controlled bubble where you can control the um you know, the elements, the factors that are going in, you see the non-compliance of coaches and other sideline personnel not wearing their mask and maybe not being as strict with the protocol that the NFL has placed. And I think the byproduct of all of that is having a cluster of outbreak like you see with the Titans. So it's very difficult. It's challenging to even have a season amidst the pandemic that's not fully curbed, but you're seeing the, uh, the, the, the manifestation of it happening through the game being postponed and maybe even canceled. Dr. Rowe, what should the NFL do right now so that we don't have this issue come up? You know, should they go into a bubble-type format right now, try to put something together like that? Keyshawn, I, I think that they probably should, and I think they should use all the money, resources, energy, um, available, you know, in- intellectual capital that they have and that they have access to to figure out how to do that. I mean, I think the NBA did it very well. Uh, they've allowed to put a product on the court where people can enjoy it. Now they're seamlessly just going through their playoffs like uh, like nothing's happened. And here in the NFL, just having these challenges and hiccups over and over again, that's difficult. A.J. Terrell, you know, succumbing to some symptoms and not playing. Uh, you're seeing at the college level, Virginia Tech had to postpone their game against UVA. Uh, so, yeah, I think a bubble would be a really, really good idea. The NFL has the expertise and the inroads with people who can make this sort of thing happen. Also, one more thing key I think they need to do is be very transparent with with their testing results, right? If someone really is a true positive, and you know this through one test, two tests, maybe three subsequent tests, and you say, okay, they're really true, let that data be known. Because if you know the data, if you know what's happening, then you can make the requisite interventions to sort of thwart that 
outbreak from happening. And instead of just hiding it and pushing to the side, like, oh, we don't want to talk about it because we want to keep our game going, you really put everyone else at risk if you don't become transparent with that information. So there's a couple of things the NFL should do. Bubble, being transparent with the data, I think those are two good starting points. Myron, we are entering flu season. People will not be able to spend as much time outside as they have done before. A lot more people indoors. We obviously saw what happened with the Raiders at a charity event. Uh, What advice would you give to players if the NFL decides not to go to a bubble on how they should how they should live? Well, I would recommend getting a flu shot for sure. I mean, we know a flu shot works. I would also recommend that they be very, very um, uh, vigilant. Uh, and and very sensitive to any symptoms they may have, any potential symptoms that they may have, because we don't know what a co-infection of flu and COVID-19 looks like in a certain protoplasm. We're not sure, right? Uh, The flu, if you do know the symptoms and you get on top of it quickly, you can get Tamiflu within 48 hours, which can really knock it down. We know that because we studied it. Flu has been here for a while. Uh, So I would say be very careful, get a flu shot, um, avoid those, you know, places that, you know, uh, could be a potential exposure risk. Continue to do the behavioral lifestyle modifications with the hand hygiene and face mask and all of those things. And protect your family, too, uh, because those people are at, at even greater risk at times uh, than you might be because they're not getting tested every day like you are. And they don't know their status. So it's, it's important that you sort of look at this picture holistically and really take the onus on yourself if the NFL is going to continue to have you play out there. Last word from Dr. Myron Roll, resident at Massachusetts General Hospital, former NFL player, college football legend at Florida State, and he joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Um, if you're Dr. Alan Sills, I think even the most hardcore NFL fan might not recognize him. He's the NFL's chief medical officer, and he's going to be intimately involved in telling Roger Goodell or anybody else whether the league is going to resume when some of these games or this one particular game will be played. If you're him right now, what's like the number one thing on the checklist? Well, Dr. Sills actually is a neurosurgeon, too. Uh, He was a neurosurgeon at Vanderbilt, um, and I know him pretty well. I think the number one thing on on the checklist is going back to understanding that these protocols that we had in place to try to get this game happening, right, to get this game going, the luxury of playing a game amidst a pandemic that hasn't been fully controlled, is making sure that everyone is incredibly compliant with all the protocols that we've done. You see, in the in training camp, everything was pretty much okay. There weren't that many positive tests, and that was okay. But look at what you see on the sidelines. Coaches being fined for not having their mask on. That is probably just uh, the tip of the iceberg of what may be happening behind closed doors in these facilities, in the locker room, with these coaches and players and personnel. Maybe not doing everything as strictly as they should, or even testing as accurately or as thoroughly as they used to. I, I have friends with a lot of players in the NFL currently, and they tell me that Myron, you know, they said, look, when I was tested, when I first got to training camp, it was rigorous. It was tough. That's why I went all the way back in my nose. Now it's like a little bit outside the nose. I'm not even sure if they're doing it correctly. You know, there's so much, you know, variability and variance in, in this stuff. So I think it's getting back to the basics of being very strict, and that's the first start. And if that doesn't work, then I think you ought to delay and really think, reconsider about continuing this game going on if it's uh, this pandemic for sure. No question about it. Remember, they said at training camp we're going to test every single day until we 
we hit below 5%. I'm not sure if that is indeed trailed off or not, but the bottom line is you can send strongly worded memos, but if your most high-profile coaches are rolling out there with no mask on, I'm not sure what those words are. They seem pretty empty. Dr. Roll, I know you're busy. Carving out a few minutes for us was great this morning. Really appreciate your perspective. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Myron. That's the definition of well-rounded right there. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests appear on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. That includes George Sedano, boots on the ground in Los Angeles. I know it's early out there. It's 620 in the morning, but he had plenty of time to check social media, text, talk to all of his contacts, all the fans. What are the Lakers thinking out in L.A.? The fans, as they're three wins away from a title. We'll go to the West Coast next. And we'll go to the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Welcome in George Sedano, 710 ESPN in Los Angeles. Uh, the man sitting six feet, exactly six feet to my right. No, we don't need the health department in here today. They got busy enough here in New York City, that's for sure. George Sedano joins us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Reunited with Key. What's up, Key? George, what's up, man? Key, what's going on? Hey, what, wait a second. What, what, what's that jersey that Jay's wearing this morning? Want to explain to him, Jay? No, I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather get on to the questioning, George. So third, my, my, much, much like most people that... <laughs> picked against the Lakers in game one. He picked against the Lakers in game one. He wind up losing a bet to me, so I put him in my uh, all-century team jersey from the Pac-12 conference along Mm -hmm. with two trading cards signed by me, uh, and Jay has worn it on Get Up as well as the entire show, and he'll never do that again. But, you know. You know what, George? I I think it goes to my next bet that uh, I don't think the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. So I I think that's going to be the next bet that Keyshawn and I are going to do. Okay. Victoria. I don't know about that. Victoria still can't be open. I like these kind of things. I got to rile him up, George. I yeah. got to get him there. Oh, listen, I, I spent years riling him up, so I understand this well. Trust me. <laughs> well, you, you certainly have riled up not only me, but a lot of Laker fans across the Southland. Yeah, with the your, Heat in seven. With your Heat in seven no, I, I did not pick Heat in seven. I picked oh. Lakers in seven. No, Le- oh, Lakers, okay. in, Lakers okay. in seven. Right. Lakers in seven, but the fact that you pushed it to seven with that performance last night by the Lakers, what are your thoughts on the game one situation now? I mean, the Lakers dominated. I don't think there's any question. Anthony Davis was simply incredible yesterday, guys. And look, it's one of the best debuts in NBA Finals history. Only Allen Iverson, KD, and Michael Jordan were better as far as points. And as far as Lakers history is concerned, as far as an overall game, only Shaq and Mikan were better. Those are some incredible names that you're talking about there. And the Lakers were most dangerous when he's at center. And that's been the case all year, Key, Jay, and Zubin. It's something that I think more Laker fans and and people in the media that have covered this team have wanted to see more of. Last night, they were a plus 25 with him at center, outscoring Miami 65-30. to And he created 17 open shots for the team in that spot. And the Lakers hit 14 during that stretch when he played center. And that doesn't even factor in his incredible defense. Uh, As the primary defender, Miami shot 4 of 15 on AD, only 27%. He was the stalwart in that game. Look, the, 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 the zone defense that Miami's been running out through in and out of the playoffs, they went up against it with the Lakers last night. The Lakers knocked down 14 three-pointers, as, as you noted. Do you think that Miami stays there, or do they try to mix things up so this doesn't happen in game two? 
Well, Keith, I think that their strategy overall was sound in this regard. Their strategy was, hey, we're going to pack the paint and we're going to try to make it hard for LeBron and AD and force them to shoot over us and then rely on those other guys to try to beat us. Unfortunately for Miami, the Lakers shot 65% in the first half. 11 of those three-pointers came in that first half, a franchise best for the Lakers, and we know how long their history is. Uh, Look, I think protecting the paint makes sense. I do think that, in theory, there should be some regression. We saw some of it in the second half with the Lakers shooting because the Lakers are not a great three-point shooting team. They ranked 23rd during the season. They were just okay during the playoffs, too. So I think that strategy makes some sense. But what I think Miami will do is this, Key. They will do less conceding on switching on defense, unnecessarily, unnecessarily switching. They got to fight through more screens, man, and not LeBron, allow LeBron to simply just hunt the most favorable matchup. Tyler Hero, and I'm sure Jay was watching this, was indoctrinated. Baptism under fire. Mm-hmm. LeBron kept switching and switching and switching until he got Tyler Hero. The Heat got to do a better job of fighting over those screens. George, at uh, halftime, I was looking at the box score. Tyler Hero was minus 30. At halftime, mm. minus 30 in the plus, plus minus. Uh, it, it was insane. So how about this? You know, obviously AD had 34 points last night. LeBron James was one assist shy of a triple-double. Even though AD is a crazy talent, it still feels like LeBron makes everything go. Mm. I mean, he makes everything happen. Do you think we're going to have a scenario that LeBron James will end up being the MVP considering that he didn't get it throughout the regular season just with everything he's been able to do. It, it's, it, I find it challenging that regardless of how AD plays that LeBron won't win finals MVP. Yeah, look, AD would have to have monster, a monster performance, Jay, in regards to points and rebounds, block shots, things of that nature. I think he's going to be in the conversation, but I do think that LeBron's overall impact, as you noted, we always know that when he's on the floor, he's the head of the snake, basically. And what you looked at yesterday, what you saw him do yesterday, was not only just create opportunities for himself, but as he always does. He's so altruistic. He's, he's nine assists yesterday. And, and he didn't even play, I feel like, all that hard. But there were just moments in that game where he got guys such easy looks. Those open looks the Lakers were getting from three, a lot of that was predicated upon what LeBron James does offensively. You're going to have no lack of things to talk about on the radio today as we get set for game number two of the NBA Finals Friday night on ABC at 9 Eastern or Jay Will and the crew and anywhere you go on ESPN Radio. George, have a great show today. You'll be happy callers all the way through. Thanks, man. You got it, guys. Jay, don't let Key rattle you, man, okay? I won't. I won't. I'm, I'm staying in the game, George. I'm staying in the game. <laughs> Wait right, till guys. you see what he wears next time. Oh. I got to mention, because Jay did mention the Dodgers, and Jay is our resident gambling guy. Caesars William Hill has the Dodgers 3-1 to one to win the World Series. Best of any of the 16 teams. So just tread carefully. Just, just tell me just what lace you like. You like red or you <laughs> like peach, because I'm going to put you in it. These best of three series, it, 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 it's interesting. Anything it's dicey in baseball right now. No dicey. Doubt. Anything can happen. Also, keep in mind, as we keep going to the baseball playoffs, no days off. Kind of peculiar and weird but that's the way they're doing it in 2020 those are the two best words for 2020 all right bottom line big news here breaking in the nfl two more positive tests for the tennessee titans so they're now up to 11 in the organization and their game against the pittsburgh steelers initially scheduled for sunday then possibly moved to monday monday's off the books tuesday was going to be an opportunity tuesday's now off the books they're going to have the game later in the regular season. This all coming courtesy of Adam Schefter. They had one additional player and one personnel member. So mm. one of each test positive. No Sunday, no Monday, no Tuesday. At some point, we will have it later 
in the season. So we'll see when it comes up. When we return, Key's thoughts on it, Jay's thoughts on it. We'll hear from Dr. Myron Roll, a resident neurologist that played in the NFL, and get the very latest from Adam Schefter, who broke the news on Get Up. All of that is on the way as the NFL's COVID crisis continues. This morning, fellas, it's actually a big thing. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin, though, as if you're watching on ESPN News, it could be uh, Keyshawn, Keyshawn, and Zubin, because I've got a Keyshawn Johnson jersey. We've got a Keyshawn Johnson, and we got a Zubin Mahenti here with us. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests joined us this morning. Great, great fan. Great fan. Jason Williams is a great fan. Proud <laughs> that to is be not true. Great fan. That is not true. Lost a bet wearing a jersey. Another bet could be on the horizon with key second favorite team, the Dodgers. Maybe third. USC's got to be up there. Obviously. No, USC, right. Dodgers. Anything, anything California, L.A. to a degree. Yeah, for sure. So, but UCLA. Anything but. Anything yeah, but. Uh, Game two NBA finals with Jay and the gang tomorrow night. Nine Eastern ES, uh, on ABC, excuse me. And then obviously every game of the finals on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, can we, Jay, can we get a plug? Can we get a plug for NBA Countdown? 830? Keyshawn. Should we do it? Let's do it. NBA countdown yeah, Friday NBA, night. Thank you. This was a little plug for me, Jalen, Maria, Paul. No, I tripped last night because when I when I was texting you, I you know I turned it on. Uh-huh. I'm like, damn, he off already. I didn't realize, you know, I was expecting for y'all to be on longer, but I didn't really know. I was looking for you on ESPN, and then I had to go to ABC to find. ABC. By the time I found you, you know, I didn't know. So there you show, go. Like NBA that. countdown, just like that. 30 minutes, 830 Eastern tomorrow on ABC, followed by the game. My man. Followed by SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt on ESPN. Just make sure everybody's happy on the on the back end. <laughs> and he will not have on a Keyshawn jersey. He might have on a Keyshawn suit or something, but, you know. We'll see. You got your own suit lot? <laughs> you better get the big and tall. Van Pelt's really tall, bro. No, no, no. No. We, no, no, we won't be getting will J. Will in a big and tall. No, Trust me. That's not. Eh. Nothing wrong with big and tall. <laughs> Nothing wrong with big and tall. Key, 6'2 is tall. You're going to stop making me out here like I'm 5'5". Five five. I am 6'2". Legit 6'2". That jersey is like a skirt on you, so stop. Because you're 6'5". No, I ain't got nothing to do you're with it. You're 6'5". Nope. 5'11", 157. Right here. 5'11", 157. Keyshawn J. been brought to you by Goodyear. Whether you're on the field or on the edge of your seat, Goodyear wants you to embrace the unexpected. Every upset, touchdown, or fourth quarter comeback and let it move you. No matter what the season throws your way, Goodyear is here to help drive you forward. Goodyear more driven breaking news from the national football league and who better to give us this breaking news than the best insider in the business hands down adam schefter was on get up just a few minutes ago and is the very latest on the titan steelers postponement listen to this the titan steelers game that was scheduled for this week is being rescheduled for later this season after two more positive tests came into tennessee one additional player tested positive this morning one additional member of the organization tested positive this morning. That's two more positive tests on top of the nine positive tests that they already had, making it 11 positive tests so far within the Titans organization. After that happened, the league informed both teams this morning that it is canceling this game and rescheduling it 
for later this season. So not canceling, but postponing, which I think the league expected at this point in time. The Steelers probably would have been uncomfortable playing. You understand exactly what the league is doing. And now this officially becomes the first regular season NFL game that gets impacted by the COVID crisis, forcing the NFL to juggle its schedule. What do you think, he? Well, I asked Adam that if they would be able to push it back even further or maybe eliminate it in all. Um, certainly that happened. They pushed it back and they'll find the date and the NFL is certainly doing the right thing by not trying to force the guys and the teams to play right now just for the sake of money. They can make that money up later on down the line. Everybody, on this will not be the first time this will happen. I mean, it's, this will happen again. This will happen again. Most likely. Most likely this will happen again. Most likely. So it, it, it's a good sign that there are no positive cases on the Vikings uh, right. moving forward. That's right. a great sign thus far. We still have to wait for more test results to come in. I would say that's going to be something that's going to be watched over the next couple of days. Uh, but, you know, as it relates for the Titans right now, you have to quarantine. You have to wait it out. I wonder if they're quarantining the entire team now. Like, is that, you you is would that, have to. Is you that have part to. of it now that you quarantine the entire team? In it? And are the Titans, as an individual organization, thinking about, okay, training camp-like bubble right now. We're going to take over our facility, our hotel. We're going to get buses. We're only going from the hotel to the practice facilities and to the games for the next 13, 14 weeks. Is that something that they're mulling over in the organization? Right now, when you think about it, I think a lot of people are just saying, to Jay's point, I mean, this could just be the tip of an iceberg here. Mm -hmm. The league really has to be thinking about this is just one event we're talking about right now. And we're just talking about it because these are the two teams involved in some ways, like you said, with the zero positive test for the Vikings, their facilities reopening today. They're being pushed to the side and we're focusing on these two teams. But to your point, I mean, a week from now, two weeks from now, is this a rampant problem? And here's the issue too: contact tracing. So the one player that had the positive test today and somebody else from the staff, who were they around the last couple of days? Right. Like, because they didn't probably, you know, think about it. If you don't think you have something, are you still interacting with people the same? Are you actually abiding by protocol? Are you staying at home with your family? These are the type of questions you need to ask to understand where they've been, who they've been interacting with. In the league, though, they should, though, in my opinion, they should now say, okay, you know, we're, we're going to look into extended, basically extended training camp for every organization. This is what we have to do. Every organization within your own city you got to take over a hotel, mandate it. You got to take over a hotel, get your buses, and everybody, if we want to continue to have the season go on. Because even what happened, in, I was about to say Oakland, even what happened in Las Vegas with the Raiders in, in the situation at the charity, I mean, they're around other people. But then, Kiyoshi, you this question as, as a family man, would you leave your family I mean, it, for how it, many it, weeks? It, it would obviously be tough, but do you run the risk? I guess every family situation would be different, but do you run the risk? of having this continue to happen and things being shut down? Or do you say, okay, I got to buy into this situation. And I know you don't want to leave your family. You don't want, you know, some people got young kids. I'm sure guys have just had children, all of those sort of things. And and so you don't want to do it, but that's something that needs to be discussed. That's what happened in baseball, MLB. Like when they got down to negotiation time, the guys were like, hey, look, I'm not leaving my family for 60 games. I'm not doing it. And that's ultimately what, why they ended up playing on the road, 60 games, and the Marlins, all these different teams had these issues. One but they did get through it. 100%. So far. Yeah. So far, yes. Yeah. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests joins us on the Shell, uh, Shell Pennzoil performance line. That included earlier this morning Dr. Myron Roll 
former NFL safety, college football legend at Florida State, now a neurosurgery neurosurgery resident at Massachusetts General Hospital. So he's got the medical background. He's got the football background. He knows of what he speaks on both sides of the issue. Now, one thing before we hear from Dr. Roll, we should mention part of the reason the NFL is not in a bubble is just it's logistically very difficult. There's 15 guys on every NBA team. There was only 37 people from each organization that went to Disney World. The NFL this year... 55-man rosters, plus the taxi squad, plus the coaches, the assistant coaches, the quality control. That's just too much times 32. The NFL did say if they go down to a playoff bubble, that might be a little bit more manageable because this year that would be just 14 teams. So bubbling right now, logistically, the NFL said, would just be a little bit difficult. But who am I to question the word of a doctor? Dr. Roll essentially said earlier this morning on our show, they should find a way to bubble right now. I think that they probably should, and I think they should use all the money, resources, energy, um, available, you know, intellectual capital that they have and that they have access to to figure out how to do that. I mean, I think the NBA did it very well. Uh, They've allowed to put a product on the court where people can enjoy it. Now they're seamlessly just going through their playoffs like, uh, like nothing's happened. And here the NFL is just having these challenges and hiccups over and over again. That's difficult. A.J. Terrell, you know, succumbing to some symptoms and not playing. Uh, you're seeing at the college level, Virginia Tech had to postpone their game against UVA. Uh, so, yeah, I think a bubble would be a really, really good idea. The NFL has the expertise and the inroads with people who can make this sort of thing happen. Also, one more thing, Key, I think they need to do is be very transparent with with their testing results, right? If someone really is a true positive, and you know this through one test, two tests, maybe three subsequent tests, and you say, okay, they're really true, let that data be known. Because if you know the data, if you know what's happening, then you can make the requisite interventions to sort of thwart that outbreak from happening. And instead of just hiding it and pushing to the side, like, oh, we don't want to talk about it because we want to keep our game going, you really put everyone else at risk if you don't become transparent with that information. So there's a couple of things the NFL should do, bubble, be transparent with the data. I think those are two good starting points. Under 40 seconds this morning, gentlemen, final word from you guys. Well, I, I kind of agree with Dr. Rowe there in terms of you know, finding a way from a bubble standpoint, I understand the logistics. It's not the same as being at Disney world, but every city, every team has hotels, facilities close to the hotels. That's all I'm saying. I know family is important, Jay. Maybe your family comes with you. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out a way so we're not in this situation several weeks from now. We'll talk about it tomorrow. No doubt. Mike Greenberg and Bart Scott will be here, Sorry, too, to talk about on. a Jets win, loss, or tie. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.